Amen. And ultimately, it is about His love, isn't it? Well, we're continuing this morning talking about uh, Christian family values. <clears throat> Last week, we talked about marriage and how God created marriage as a, a special work. And that foundation of the family and that foundation of society endures. This morning, I want us to talk about the family value of parenting and parent-child relationships. And turn with me to Ephesians and the 6th chapter, and we're going to look into a very important value. As God designed the family. How many of you know that the family is not a human invention? There are people out there that will tell you that family is about uh, convenience. It's about whatever the preference is of the people that are involved. In fact, I talked to a social worker one time. She said, the practical definition we have for working with a family is any group of people that live together and want to consider themselves a family. And I thought, is that really a family? Well, if you believe that God created the family, you have a whole different value, a whole different standard. And if you don't believe that, then the family can... I guess be anything that you want it to be. But we know from God's word and from experience that what God had in mind for the family is good. And that he established certain guidelines and rules and values that are very, very important. And we're living in a society that cares less and less for God's standards. Have you noticed? And standards are important. The laws, the rules, the guidelines. <clears throat> Our society cannot function without them. And every day we experience things related to this truth. Like for instance, a couple of weeks ago, I found out that there is a traffic camera on Indian School right at Brenoir School Zone. I won't tell you how I found that out, but if you are passing through there more than 15 miles an hour, you can get a, an anonymous ticket in the mail that you better pay because that's the law. <clears throat> and it, I looked at that and fussed a little. Oh, I, I guess I admitted that I got the ticket. I did. But I got that, you know, I got the letter and I fussed about it a little bit and talked with Ginger about it and realized, you know what, this is good. I'm going to go ahead and send it in and be grateful that there are laws that regulate the way that we drive. What would happen if all of the laws related to driving were su suddenly ignored by everyone driving on the streets? What a frightening thought that is. Yet, God has laws. God tells us how to live in family relationships. And we're living in a culture that's pressuring us to disregard all of God's laws. Is it any surprise that we have so many family problems? <laughs> Marriage and parenting and sibling problems and extended family problems. If we ignore God's laws, if we do not recognize the values that he established, there's no reason <clears throat> for us to expect to know his blessing. Ephesians chapter 6, the apostle is teaching very practically about children and parents. 
And in verses 22 through 25, he talks about wife and husband relationships, which we focused on last week. And now he begins to talk about the relationships that parents have with their children. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. That sounds kind of radical in our world today. That's kind of radical to say children should obey their parents. It says, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Verse 4, fathers, do not exasperate your children. I like that uh, NIV translation. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Just a few verses but very profound in terms of setting the foundation for the relationship between parents and children. You know, the Bible has a lot of instruction for parents regarding how they should raise their children. And if you're a parent or want to help a parent, you might be interested in this list of verses, which are just some important verses that occur throughout the Bible that talk about parent-child relationships. And these really illustrate the kind of values that we're talking about. So jot them down. We don't have time for everyone to turn to them, but I want you to hear what they're about, and then I want you to take the time to to study this yourself, especially if you're a parent or you want to help uh, parents uh, that you know or they're in your family. The first verse I want you to see is in Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7, which says... Teach your children diligently in your daily life. Talk to them while you sit in your house and walk by the way and lie down and get up. Teach your children. Important value? How many of you know we cannot expect the public schools to teach our children in the way that they should go? Not to criticize the public schools, but in fact it's against the law for them to teach them the way we know They need to be taught. Who's going to teach them if parents don't? Not only teach, but train, which go beyond instruction and show them and help them to become the kind of people that God wants them to be. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Train up your child in the way that he should go, and when he he is old, he will not depart from it. Here we're talking about shaping the life that will bring honor to God. Through training. Next verse is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. It says, For I seek, for I seek not yours, but for you, for the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. What does this mean? Parents, you need to be good providers for your children. This honors God as you take care of your children and provide for them, and don't expect your children to provide for you. Is that a good family value? Is it practical? Absolutely. And then we read in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4. It says, One that rules his house well, that is, who will be a leader in the church, one who rules his house well, having his children in, subject, in subjection with all gravity. And that's about control in the home, discipline in the home. That's a lost value 
in our culture. We no longer believe that it's the responsibility of the parents to maintain control and discipline in the home. Yet it really is. <clears throat> and our children need it. And our children love it. We've uh, been so delighted with our, our granddaughter. Most of you know her. How could you not know her in this church? But uh, she's uh, recently discovered that if when the family's saying grace at the table, if right after we, we finish saying grace, she says, I was eating. She thinks that's a funny joke. <laughs> she really isn't eating, but she loves to tell us that she was eating because of the reaction that she gets. And I see her do that, and I just think, you know, what a wonderful and marvelous thing it is for a child and as that child discovers how to live in a family with parents and grandparents, and something as simple as saying grace at the table, how important that is. And, uh, you know, she thinks that she's uh, <clears throat> really doing something uh, daring by telling us that she was eating instead of praying. But as parents, as grandparents, we delight in our children. And the way they grow and they learn and they understand and they discover that to be part of a family requires that we live together under God's order. Titus chapter 2 verse 4 says that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands and to love their children. This is about grandparents teaching parents to love their children. And you say, well... Isn't that obvious? Guess what? Love is not found in every home. Love must be taught. Love must be modeled. Love must be communicated. There must be love in every home for children <clears throat> to grow up into their full potential before God. And then in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18, it says, Discipline your son. And we could say, or your daughter, while there is hope, and do not let <clears throat> that soul be spared because of crying. Now that's pretty practical, huh? You know, this is not a very popular idea to discipline our children, even to the point where they may shed tears. How many of you shed a few tears growing up under the discipline of your parents? How many of you know that this is part of child training, part of disciplining, and this is a good thing? And how many of you know this is a pretty radical thing to say in our culture today? Yet that very delicate relationship between parents and children and the discipline. And, you know, you see those, those tears. I call them alligator tears. You know, when your, your child or your grandchild looks up at you and you see those tears... You say, you don't want to cause your child to have that kind of, of emotional pain. But you realize it's not nearly as serious as it feels at the moment. Yet God uses that in the child's life to help the child know what's important and to know <clears throat> about uh, love and about the values that we communicate. Well, what a great opportunity. What a great challenge we have. Let's... Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6. And I want us to see the instruction here in terms of what are the values and the principles that we really need that really work. 
And as the chapter begins, here's a very direct statement that children should obey their parents. And so we realize that there is a directive here to children that they do something in particular in terms of their relationship with their parents. And the word obedience, which means, hear this, to submit, to comply, to heed, to follow directions and instructions. Obedience. You know what? Our culture doesn't like the word obedience. We took it out of the marriage ceremony. Have you noticed that? And now we've taken it out of the home in terms of our expectation for our children. This does not honor God. The spirit of obedience is a very important character quality that transfers to all of life. You know, some of us have worked with children enough to know that if a child does not have the, the desire to honor and obey the parents, and there is no discipline in the home, then the school has to pick up where that discipline is lacking and try to impose that discipline. If the school is unable to impose that discipline on the child, then the legal authorities have to step in and try to bring that child under control. Isn't that right? We've got teachers here and people that work with children. This is such a clear principle in the family and in society. And so, really, the value is about this. What's happening in the home will prepare the child for all of life in terms of how that child responds to authority, how that child takes responsibility for it. What is the ultimate goal of discipline? It's self-discipline, where the individual will will do what's right without being told or without being punished. And yet we're living in a culture that doesn't understand the importance of this. And we think that if parents fail, that's okay because society can step in and fill that need. Yet, biblically speaking, we're seeing this really has to happen in the home. I laugh sometimes when I'm reminded of one of my children when I was disciplining her. And uh, she was just just becoming, oh, she's probably 10 or 11 years old, and she was about to do something that was quite wrong, and I found out about it, and I started to talk to her about it, and she listened, and she listened, and she paused, and she said, well, yes, Dad, I was going to do that. And I said, well, didn't you know that you'd feel guilty afterwards? She said, yes, but I thought I'd get over it. (laughs) Isn't that our nature? To rationalize and think, well, even if this is wrong, even if I do it, I'll get over it. And forgive me, but sometimes I get concerned about what we might call the cheap grace in the church today, where forgiveness has no responsibility. There is no sense of responsibility to do right because it's so easy to be forgiven. Paul said, should we sin that grace would abound? We need to realize that there are consequences for every sin, even when that sin can be forgiven. But that attitude of the spirit of obedience. Wow. Well, two things here. Obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and your mother. This is about the actions of the child and the attitude of the child. Because it's possible to be obedient without having an attitude which honors 
the parents. And so God is saying he wants more than just going through the motions of compliance. He wants a heart that will honor. And what is honor about? Well, it's interesting that to honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with promise. Ten commandments we're talking about. The big ten, okay? Honor your father and mother, which is right there with thou shalt not commit murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Honor your father and mother. And guess what? All of the commandments relate to this in terms of the formation of the child and the young person and the adult. If there is not that sense of honor and respect for authority, the lawlessness in the heart will eventually create problems beyond the family, as we said, in the community, in the society. And so we realize that attitude of honor and respect. I was talking to someone recently, and you know, it just seems like there's so little honor in our culture. Nothing's sacred. Nothing is really to be valued. And what a challenge it is for us to instill those values in our children so carefully. But they need to see those values modeled. They need to see that attitude in their parents and those that care for them and nurture them. But the attitude of honor. Now, it's interesting. This is in the, con- in the context. It says that children should obey their parents. They should honor them in the Lord for this is right. That's an important condition. And why is that? Because parents don't always teach their children the right things to do. And how sad it is, but it is the case in some situations where the parents may ask the child to do something which really does not honor the Lord. God's Word says that the child who's put in that very difficult position must choose to honor God even above the parents. And we realize God is the source of all authority and that parents need to teach their children to honor the Lord even above honoring them. And that's what truly brings the order and integrity in the home, which is so very, very important. So, What are children to do? Well, they are to obey, and they are to honor. And then there are really two promises associated with this that are mentioned in verse 3. The first promise is that life will go well with you. In other words, if you do this, you will have a better quality of life. Now, uh, my mother used to say that over and over again. You know, you can do this the easy way or you can do this the hard way, but you're going to do it. And it's going to affect the quality of your life directly. That's what she was saying. And I think about if we learn and obey, that's like the easy way is what? Hear what's right and do it. The hard way is know what's right but refuse to do it and have to face the consequences of that disobedience of that wrong decision. And so here is a blessing associated with obedience, doing right in terms of the quality of life. How many of you can say from your own experience, you've learned both from the word 
and from consequences that the quality of your life improves if you do things the right way. We know this is true. And the home needs to be the first place where that's taught. The second blessing is the blessing of a long life. A long life. That is if you live according to these principles of honor and obedience. And you really have internalized the values that God wants to establish in you through this relationship that you're going to have a long life that has real quality according to the promise of God. We had a friend who was a very... Uh, uh, we, we, she was probably uh, the number one helicopter mom in the world. How many of you know what a helicopter mom is? Well, she, she read this verse and she thought it meant... That she could tell her kids, well, I brought you into this life and I can take you out of it. And she was hovering over them constantly. And that was a big joke. Because we know that that doesn't mean that parents have the right to go beyond what is uh, proper and healthy in terms of the hovering relationship. But we know that there's a principle here that's important, so important, that even the quality and the length of our life relates to how well we understand this and obey it. Important instruction for children and the way they respond to the parents. By the way, as obedience is so very important in the early years of the child's life, eventually the, the, the child grows to the point where they're not living under the parent's authority. But let me say, the honor needs to continue beyond that time when obedience is so important within the home. And the older the, that we get, the more mature we become as Christians, the more we should realize what a great responsibility and privilege it is to honor our parents and our grandparents, uh, those that have loved us and supported us and invested so much in us. <clears throat> well, we've got to move on to the values of parenting here in verse 4. And this creates a wonderful balance as children really accept responsibility for their part and parents exercise their role in the proper way. What does the scripture say? Fathers, do not <clears throat> exasperate your children. What does it mean to exasperate your children? Do not drive them to anger and discouragement with your excessive discipline. Is it possible for children to go overboard in the way they try to discipline and control their children? Absolutely. Some people that read the Bible very superficially think that the Bible says that parents that should discipline as much as possible. But really the biblical picture of discipline is a balanced approach which has to do with uh, love and discipline with a gentleness which certainly brings about a positive growth in the child. And so this is a very clear word. Parents do not, exa do not <clears throat> exasperate, do not frustrate, do not drive your children to anger and resentment, which is so very possible, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. What is this? This is the goal of this discipline is to bring them up to the fullness of God's purpose for them. So when you're disciplining the child, it's not about 
reacting to that child in that moment in terms of how you feel. And I hear parents say this, but he made me so mad. That's not a good enough reason to discipline. Haven't you realized that by now? The mature parent knows that discipline is about the goal to bring (coughs) the child into the fullness of God's purpose. And we realize that the personal feelings of the parent are not the issue. How the parent wants to be treated, not the issue. The goal is that the child will grow and fulfill his or her purpose before God. And the training, that's the process, all of life, all that parents do to nurture and help their children develop. The end result is that that child will have a a quality life as a child of God, will be responsible for him or herself. And we see that this is a wonderful opportunity. It's interesting that in the time of... of, uh, the church of Ephesus here when Paul was writing that there was this pressure in society on the family and uh, parents had great authority over their children in such a way that they could disown their children. They could severely discipline, even torture them. They could accept or not accept their children into their family. The children were in a very vulnerable position. And Paul is saying, you Christian parents, don't live that way. Don't treat your children that way. But take care of them. Love them. And honor them. And help them to to really become the people that God wants them to be. This uh, exhortation to, 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 to train your children properly and in love is so very important. You know, there are some ways that we can overcorrect our children. And uh, I want to list some of those just to mention them. For us to be aware that even good Christian parents can go too far in the way that they discipline their children. And so, how can we exasperate them? How can we drive them to discouragement or anger? Well, here is a list. By being overprotective. Is it possible for Christian parents to be overprotective? Absolutely. By playing favorites. Not a good idea. Because of the power of sibling rivalry in the family. You know, Ginger and I always felt like we needed to help each of our children to think that each of our children was our favorite. Is that possible to do? Well, it needs to be our goal. It needs to be our goal. That each of our children will be our favorite. And we don't play favorites against each other. We have the problem of parents with unrealistic expectations for their children. You may want your child to be a super athlete or a scientist or a model, whatever that might be. And realize, I need to help my child be comfortable with who God created them to be. And not put expectations on them which would make them feel frustrated. We don't want to discourage our children with criticism and with nagging. We don't want to make our children feel that they are a nuisance to us. We don't want our children to be forced to grow up too quickly and be expected to have too much responsibility too soon. We don't want to use our love for our children as a reward or a punishment, but 
Help our children know that our love for them is truly unconditional. That even when they're bad, we love them just as much as when they're good. It's not an issue of how much we love them, but it's an issue of helping them to become the people that they need to be. And then there, of course, is the problem of disciplining too much with excessive physical or verbal abuse. And yes, it's possible for Christian parents to go too far in the way they discipline their children. And we need to encourage one another to exercise balance and to even reach out and intervene in those situations where we sense that there is the overuse of uh, physical or uh, verbal uh, discipline. Well, what can I say? I am so grateful that God has given us values for the family that really work. Values. We can be encouraged in our, in our homes to know that God has special grace for every household. I quote for you, you again, Acts 16.31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Where is hope for your marriage and your family this morning? Is it any place but in God himself and his promises? Wow. We need to be encouraged. We can be encouraged as we realize that this is all part of God's plan for us. Many of you know my testimony of how my family came into this church out of a family crisis. And as my parents got divorced, there was so much divorce in my family. And how God really put in my heart the hope and the desire to to be married and have a family God's way. And let me say, my testimony, the greatest blessing that I have had in this life has been a life partner and a family where we have seen God's blessing. I would rather have that than any any position, any material possession, uh, any honor that this world might give to have a family which truly evidences the blessing of God. And it's for everyone that wants to know God's blessing. And let me say this, wherever you are in your family situation, whatever you trouble you've had, look to God now and God can help you to be the life partner, can be the the parent, to be the brother or the sister, to bring healing to relationships. He takes you right where you are. And with his grace and his mercy, he helps you to be whole and helps you to bring wholeness to your family relationship. Father, we thank you this morning for the great truth in Scripture. There is so much here of great value. Help us to receive it. Help us not to feel like it's overwhelming, that there's no possible way we can obey this when we realize that you give us the Holy Spirit to help us. You give us the grace and mercy we need to fulfill your purpose. You don't leave us alone in this, but you give us all of the help that we need. Help us this morning, O God. Help us to recommit ourselves to the values that can make our homes so much better and make our relationships so so much more fulfilling and be a good witness to this world regarding your plan for the family. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.